The Red Room Theater, Episode 10, The Princess Bride. Red Room Theater, where we watch movies, we love movies, we were raised by movies. We are your hosts, Ernesto Alaniz. And Antonio Marino. Every week we look at one of the movies that helped raise us up. Talk about how that movie raised us right and raised us wrong. Today we are tackling the greatest kissing book of all time, The Princess Bride. The Princess Bride. Now this movie was a movie I rediscovered. Watch this. I watched this when I was a little kid. I mean, little, little, right, Tony? This, this movie... Is just as amazing today as it was when we watched it back in the day. This movie's a movie that I lost and refound. Like I watched it as a little kid, loved it. So one day we're in, we're in the one of the apartments in Castle Shore Club. Is that where I lived in the living room? I slept out. Yeah. So I was and I was sleeping in the Castle Shore. I was sick, missed school. I'm fevered. Mom puts this in the VCR. I can't see because my head's away from like my where the, my bed is. It's like on the other side of TV, so I just listened to the whole movie like two or three times. And I remember like thinking to myself, "I know this movie. This is an." And listen, I was gonna say we watched it like way longer, way before that. So I'm like 14, 15, and I refound it and listened to it without even watching it. It's still incredible. That's what well, this the, the best part about the movie is, if you're listening to it, it's such a great fantasy story. You're you're. Picturing all the scenes in your head, but when you watch it, it's just as great as thinking about it. Like, <laughs> it really it's, is. It's so like it's like a fantasy movie. Like you're you're like it's something you dream. It's so like out there. Now this is one of those movies. It's like a movie in a movie. Uh, Princess Bride. Um, the it's way set up is that there's a, a kid homesick playing video games. Kevin Arnold. <laughs> also known as Fred Savage. <laughs> moly, moly, moly. But uh Oh I about that. <laughs> uh, Fred Savage is homesick and his and grandpa Columbo comes out. Dude, it's Peter Falk. It's been, 80s as a mug. Dude, he's has he been in anything else besides Columbo? That's all I know him from is Columbo. Peter Falk is Columbo. That's, that's all it. he that's all that's he got, it. dude. Um but uh Peter Falk comes over to his grandpa and reads him this book. And so the movie goes back and forth between the grandfather reading his son a story and then the, the book is the movie. It, it's crazy, but, uh, the, the, but we're going to talk more about the bulk of the movie and the movie. That's, that's, that's the part we love. And the movie and the movie is a very simple story. Uh, a young girl falls in love with a farm boy, and their stories. Was it her farm? I don't... I, don't understand. It never explains what she's, she's doing she's on the farm because he's her servant. Right. But she's they seem like equally poor, but he still does things for her. He's still the poor farm boy that takes care of her. I think he works on her farm. I think I guess she, maybe she's he's poorer than she is, whatever that means. Okay, because they never really explain is it her parents' farm? They don't. They just so the story is how their love must survive all kinds of stuff. It must survive. Kidnappings, pirates, um, death, de- death more than once. You think? Yeah. Um, the, their love has to survive all this, and it's very fantastical. I mean, fire swamps and giants and six eleven fingered men. I mean, just, it's craziness happening in the story. It's it's wonderful. It's a wonderful, wonderful old fashioned 
old-fashioned adventure swashbuckling film, and we love it. And we're gonna kind of we're gonna go back to things, but first we're gonna go to the cast. You have a great cast, a cast that kind of did Probably nothing afterwards. Probably a cast of people that ju- that this is their, with the exception of the the girl. Uh, Robin, Robin Wright, who was was Jenny, that's probably the that's her, her big role after this. But this this even even uh, Wesley, like this is the film. This is their performances. They, Andre the Giant was amazing in this movie. These guys, you think they're all going to be great stars? I mean, Carrie Elwes, 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 whatever. You think he's going to be a great? star? The only thing he really did was saw. One and he was in uh, he was the the dork boyfriend in um, liar liar dude the claw, the claw. <laughs> he does he's the gonna little get finger. you <laughs> you're scared of the claw <laughs> he's, the, he's the new stepdad who's lame and he does it really well and poor guy has to against Jim he's Carrey follow Jim Carrey you're done dude you're not cool come up to Jim Carrey um, <laughs> I've had better <laughs> <laughs> I've had better. <laughs> <laughs> that Poor movie Kenny is still it's funny. It's an awesome movie. Oh, but <laughs> Dang it. That's all that's your head. So um Carrie Elwell's he's in he doesn't do much of this. Robin Wright, weirdly enough. Robin She's got Wright, a couple big movies. She does, but here's the thing about her is that <sighs> this movie, she's sweet, tender. Soft. Even her, she, her face is very, it's like a, it's round. And when she goes past this movie, she never plays a sweet role ever no, again. No, this is like the innocence of right. her. Her rest of her career is always beat down, tortured, emaciated. Oh, her face always real thin. Like she's always this broken, awful. Think of Jenny. That's who she is. She, dude, Jenny is the most depressing love Ever. And then she's also in Unbreakable with, with Bruce Willis. And she, in that movie, she's depressed. That was her. That's, Robin Wright, that's Robin Wright Penn. She, she, and now she's in House of Cards and she plays the president's wife and she hates her life. But she's Kevin a, Spacey's wife in House of Cards. Is, is, is that a good show? I've, I've not seen it. I've heard it's great. I've heard acting wise. Spacey's a stallion. Spacey's amazing. Um, I did not realize that Robin Wright she, was. I don't know what. I don't know if her life went down the toilet and she just be, became this actress who just acted out. Well, sad we know roles. she can act though. She can act, but I'm saying in this movie she is just sweet. Like there's a a softness to her, like round face. That's funny because it's a very innocent. It's very pretty. And now it's always like sunken cheeks and sunken eyes, hanging and, out with the musicians and the hippies, and, just tore up, beat up, sad. It's just weird seeing her go from that one role to the other. Um, Under the Giant's greatness. Um, again, you have random a random role. You have Billy Crystal showing up as Miracle Max. So funny. And Carol Kane. What is it? Carol Kane? Carol Kane. They're in the movie for what? So, five minutes? And it's an amazing scene. <laughs> Liar! You think it'll work? <laughs> it'll take a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Dude. Miracle Max. He's like... It's like, ah, MLT. <laughs> Money, <laughs> lettuce, and tomato. <laughs> Steve Ball, that one was for you. Oh, dude, he's, uh, it, it's stinking so funny, dude. Um, he, <laughs> Billy Crystal, dude, he's just, Randomness. It's in, he's so crazy, but it, it keeps in character the whole time. It's a great supporting little character. Um, 
he's only half dead, man. But, what does he uh, say? Humiliations galore. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you have uh, the cast of the criminals. The, the three criminals that steal her are great. You have uh, Vizzini. You have Under the Giant as Fesic. Is, is that what he's called? What's, he, what's Vizzini? his name? Vizzini? Yeah. Um, the super Fezzik. smart dude? Yep. And then you have, um, who do you have? You have um, the Spaniard. Uh, and Diego Montoya. Yeah, he's. Uh, they are great. He's like, it's the, it, it's like the gang that can't shoot straight. Like Fezzik and Montoya are just awesome together. Um, that sequence. Even they have an innocence to them. The whole movie is sweet. The movie's so good, I'm convinced they made it on accident. I'm convinced they just kind of made it and like, this movie's awesome when we didn't know. Um, Rob Reiner Rob made Reiner, this, yep. and he's a good director. He's made he's good awesome. movies. This one, though, is maybe one of my favorites he's ever done in his life. Now, It's the greatest love story ever. Okay, brothers, here's my question to you. What is your favorite scene in this movie, dude? Okay, um, break it down. Dread Pirate Roberts is following the, uh, the three bad guys who just kidnapped the princess. Um, the leader tells... Indigo Montoya, you stay here. When he climbs up, kill him, and then catch up with us. So um, this awesome series of events happen where he's taking his time. Montoya's taking his time as the Dread Private Roberts is climbing up. And uh, he tells him, is there anything I can do to help you move this along? And um, Dread Private Roberts tells him, you know, short of throwing me a rope, you're going to have to just be patient. So he tells him, you know, pretty, he pretty much helps him up to the top, tells him he can take a break, um, and then they're going to commence in a sword duel to the death. And this is a super respectful, highly skilled duel, and it's like dead even. Well, they're both playing with each other because they're both using their left hand. Right. They're both right-handed, and they think, you know, uh, Montoya thinks he's toying with them because he tells them, you're, you're incredible. Um, they realize they're right-handed. They switch, and they go, you know, they, they have this, just this scene all over this landscape, this beautiful landscape on a cliffside, and um, it's just an amazing duel, and uh, at the end... And Eagle Mantoya tells him, um, well, he doesn't tell. He, he loses. Right. So, you know, he, he drops down to his knees. And uh, Dread Pirate Roberts says the best line ever, which is, I'd, uh, I'd rather break a painted glass, a painted window, than, you know, kill an artist like him. But I can't have you following me. So he knocks him out. It was just one of those things where they both had this ultimate respect for each other because yep. they were both masters at their craft. Right. And it was just one of those – it was just so awesome to watch those two. I mean, they had to really learn how to fence for that scene. That was, that was some high-level sword fighting. It was, it was cr crazy. It was incredible. It was incredible sword fighting. And by the time that scene's over, you realize, okay, this dude's supposed to be a bad guy, but he's actually an awesome guy. Right. And the one who's actually the bad guy is an even better guy. It's, they're, they're, the movie takes so many turns. It, like, you fall in love with everybody who, who's lovable. The guys that are bad guys are bad guys. 
But like all these guys along the way are just so awesome. That's that's my favorite scene. It's a great scene, dude. And the, the, it's it's there. The sword play is incredible. You don't get that sword play anymore. You don't get the, no, the, no. It's the, just the, respect. It's nowadays a CJ, but that was some real sword play. It was it was incredible, incredible. My favorite scene in the movie is the beginning. Uh, not not the grandfather and grandson, even though it's fun. I love the the young uh, her loves like horses. Um, she's lives her life on the farm and there's a little farm boy there and she always commands him, always boss him around and he always looks at her and he's always confident he's always strong and he always says his line as you wish he always is very confident he's a sm- he's, he's a stud he's, a, he's awesome and I love that confidence he knows I care he for he looks you. at her he reminds me of Joaquin Phoenix in the village that just like quiet I know what I want. I'm going to walk over and get it. An incredible role. <laughs> Dude, he is so... Uh, what does he say? He's like, and yes, we will dance at our wedding. <laughs> Dude, I fell in love with... Uh, what's the... Uh, Howard's daughter. Ron Howard's daughter in that movie. She was so amazing. That... Oh, okay. okay. So... Love the scene. I love the sweetness, simplicity. And when Fox says, is over, his uh, voiceover says, and then he realized, she realized, whenever he said, as you wish, he really meant, I love you. And I was like, oh! <laughs> I love it. And then you busted out your diary. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, so yeah, so, so before we break into our um, Raise Us Right, Raise Us Wrong part, I want to thank everyone who's joined us on this journey of making the Red Run Theater a reality. If you're one of the people who listen week after week, I want to th- we we, we want to thank you for all you do in listening and giving us encouragement. You've 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 Tony. People have written us, texted us, called us, shared our podcast, and just and said this out. They've enjoyed it. People like yeah. we're doing this. We 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 take time of our day. We come together. We watch watching these movies. We're writing these scripts out. We're recording and editing all this stuff, and doing all this work, we love that people are enjoying it. It's, it's, just, it's really cool to be a part of, dude. We love doing it. And so we want to just invite you to help us get the word out. We want more people to enjoy this. We want to ask you to please give us a five-star rating on the iTunes podcast store. Um, if you do a, a, a you know, five-star rating and put a little blurb there, those things will allow our podcast to be seen on the iTunes podcast store by many other people. That's a huge way you can help our podcast reach a brand new, a, a much broader audience. Put a five-star rating on there. We're going to start reading those five-star ratings off pretty soon and give away little prizes to those who rate the podcast. So, and we'll give you love, read your name, everything. Yeah, dude, we'll hook you up, man. So go ahead and go on there. Also, feel free to share this content on Facebook or Twitter. We want to thank you so much for making the Red Room Theater. You, you make it live and breathe. Thank you so much. So getting to raise this right. There... This movie, some people might scoff at its simplicity, at its sweetness. Because you're right, Tony. Even the bad guys are, like, the Spaniard and the Giant are lovable. Like, under the Giant, was going to kill. All I want to do is hug him when I watch <laughs> this He's supposed movie. to kill um, um, the, the Spaniard. Or he's supposed to kill... Uh, Jennifer Roberts. Yeah. And uh, He's, he says, I didn't have to miss. <laughs> because he has... Resp- he's, he's a... Uh, Sportsman. Yeah. He doesn't want to just kill the guy. Like, you're like, why? I don't I don't hate this guy. <laughs> Even Vizzini, who's kind of a jerk, he's kind of the baddest. He, he, he makes it a game. He does, and it's a great game, dude. It's awesome. <laughs> um, but uh, it's a very sweet, what was sweet film. 
Um, and never get, never get a land war in Asia. And never. Never get in a land war with Asia? In Asia. In Asia. I learned that playing the game of Risk, dude. <laughs> that is so... The second only uh, less well-known is... Never, never trust a Sicilian with deaths on the line? Never bet against a Sicilian with deaths on the line, dude. He's <laughs> he owned that role. It was a great role for him. A little it's a small Weasley-looking mug. Oh, man. Um, but this movie, what he did for us is... And it's not just this movie. It's a, these movies had a part of doing what it did in our lives. These, it started a little... Flame. It put it put us yeah, like okay, we me Tony listen. One of our first cassette tapes we ever owned was Billy Joel Greatest Hits Volume One and Two. Remember that cassette tape, dude? I love that. I love that cassette tape. We listened to it on Grandma's it was basement. Two tapes. Yeah, it was two tapes. You're right. Um, and we listened to that thing all the time. And Billy Joel is a romantic. This movie helped make us hopeless romantics. Hope. I tell my girlfriend all the time, I am a hopeless romantic. I almost got that tattooed on my knuckles. <laughs> Wait, is it seven letters each? You do hopeless like and romantic on top you get of each it other. Done, boom and then boom. Whoa, that would have been That'd crazy. Have been um, but uh, not if I was single though. Yeah, <laughs> like it never works. But it's true. Like um, Tony, my brother Tony's in a relationship, and he, dude, he, he's a sweet. You're a sweetheart, dude. You are. I'm giving away my secrets, fool. <laughs> when I dated Angie, I'd write her letters, dude, and, and put I, them in the freezer. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, you were a romantic. I, I wrote letters to her, dude, and um, we had a, we had a tradition at our college where when you got engaged to a girl, they put you on trial. Like your guys from the floor would go to your class, they'd take you and carry you out to the the <coughs> plaza. They'd tape you to the light pole. They call it flagpoling, and they would they they tape you there, and they all your guys would come out and you were put on trial for betraying the brotherhood, and they would read. The girl would give. The guys from the floor, the girls would, would give them all your love letters, and they would read them out loud, and everyone would just laugh because they just. They, they would, That's sorry. What guys say to their girls, do trying to like be cool. You know what? That's at least we came up in that time. Nowadays, these poor mugs, it's public for everybody to it's see. It's all face, dude. That's I. I don't do that. With I, like, you know what? I, I tell you what. It's two thousand. It's about to be seventeen, but it's two thousand sixteen, and I. Still wrote my girlfriend a letter for her birthday. It's there's something different about than texting or um, Facebook messaging. Dude. A handwritten letter Dude. back in our day. I remember at the beginning of the school day, you'd give a girl a letter and you'd wait two three periods just to to get a response if you're lucky. Like I. I it's romantic, dog. I love it, dude. I, in one of my chapters, of, I, I wrote a book, one of the greatest books I ever never wrote called How to Be a Stallion. There's a whole chapter in that book I never published about levels of intimacy when it comes to communication. And handwritten letter is the number one. I mean, forget more than email, way more than text, more than all that. How about a letter. handwritten letter with some flowers, boy? Ooh, baby. Man, take me to the pole, son. <laughs> <laughs> but I, they flag pull me. They're like, man, we flag pull you. Read your letters, dude. Every girl's gonna fall in love with you in the sneaking thing. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> I wrote. I, I mean, I want. I, I, You're a wordsmith, though, dude. I love. I words. try, and I end up start sounding like a, a '90s grunge artist. <laughs> it goes from being sweet to sad as a mug. Like, dang. Uh, but uh, sneaking, we're hopeless romantics. Dude. It's it's in us. We're sappy. Like we. 
I love a good love story. Well, movie. you know what? Whether I'm as good at, at writing as you are or not, I still make the effort because you know movies like this made you realize what, that love is for real, and you got to win a girl's heart. You got, dude. And when you marry a girl, like like I, I've been married 13 years, I'm still making active. I, I still actively. You're still chasing your wife. I'm winning her heart. You're still dating your wife. Dang stinking straight. That's good. Give man. me that fire alive, and dude. And I'll tell you what, man. I got I got some homeboys. You know, and and uh, and I, I I watch what you do. That's what I learn from, man. I'm just saying, it's it's the romance is still there. You got I I I, 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 I talk a trash on romance, but there's a place to be sweet, to get flowers for your girl. There's a place to even I've got kids. Life isn't romantic all the time. Life sometimes sucks, and it's like lame and bills and dirty houses and bills, man. Jeez, but. You just, just you give your girl a little bit of your goodness, man, and she just smiles, man. She, if she's the right one, and she curls up next to you, gets comes a little closer when you're watching TV. It's 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 good, man. I I'm a hopeless romantic dude, and this movie helped put it in me. I believe in, I believe true love's a powerful thing, dude. Big time. I believe I do too. in it. I believe in, in in that kind of thing, dude. I'm all in. But uh, dude, you say you're not a wordsmith, but I tell you this. Uh, my, when I got married, you were my best man. You gave the speech, dude. One of the best speeches I've ever heard spoken out loud, dude. You can lay it. You, you, you know what? You lay it on. It's real, dude. You put you you, you can open it up, man. <clears throat> well, one thing that one mistake that I never made because I was the best man at a few weddings is I I'm the I'm the best man for a reason. Um, because I know I know the person. I love the person. I'm not going to sit there and practice something and and learn it and act it. I, it's got to be heartfelt. It's got to be on the fly. Like at Henry's wedding, man, that was at least yours. It was on a, it was on the tree farm. I didn't have no mic. I just put it down. Henry's man, I got a mic. Every, everybody we're in that know grand there. ballroom, dude. Man. <laughs> Tell you what though. I ain't gonna say nothing. But, <laughs> but I, I when it when it comes time, I'm not nervous and I don't get shy because it. When it comes to like heartfelt love, it's just there. You just gotta. You can't be scared of it. That's one thing this movie did for us as far as hopeless romantics. I ain't scared to, to take a chance ever. If it's worth taking, dang straight, man. Now, raise us wrong. We talked about this. We both were at the same page, dude. One of and you know what, man? I ain't even trying to change this anytime soon, and I know it's wrong. It's it's a, it's one of those things that we find it beautifully. Like th- there's a line in this movie, and if you if you're a fan of this movie, you've said it, you've quoted it, you you you, you at least thought it. <laughs> and not only that, but in the movie, you do a clench, you clench your fist, you're like yeah, like you're with them. You're with them. The line, the whole reason for his existence is this line. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. He, his whole, what, what does he say? The revenge business. That's his whole, was his whole life. It's all he's got. Was the, uh, Avenging his man. father. Yep. And the story was so, the craziest part about my favorite scene is before they duel. Yes, he tells a story. He tells Carrie always this story, and he gives him the sword that his dad made that got him killed. And so he trusts this guy enough 
and they're about to kill each other. Gives him the sword, and he and Carrie always looks at it, and he and he picks it up, and he looks down it, and he just says, "I've never seen its equal." And it's just like that's two men studs right there. And I mean, this I, I've, if if you've seen the movie, you know. Uh, Nigel Montoya's dad was a sword maker. He was asked by an eleven-fingered man to make him the best sword he could ever make. The, to they agreed on a price. Yeah, they, and and he spent how much? Six months making he just, it. His whole life was that sword, and his son was what eleven, like young, he was a young eight, kid, young he was kid, young. Yeah. Um, the guy comes, sees a sword, loves the sword, says, I want the sword, but at like a tenth of the price. And the, guy, the, dad, the guy's dad says, no, I, I can't. I spent my, this is my life's work. So he slashes him in the heart and kills him. And Inigo Montoya, being a young kid, picks up the sword and tries to avenge his dad. But the guy is a grown man, and he's a, a sword, swordsman, slashes him on both his cheeks, gives him scars on both sides of his face to remember so the rest of his life, he dedicated, 25 years he dedicated to learning the sword so he could kill that guy. His whole life was spent wanting revenge. One purpose, my purpose of my life. I'm not going to, I'm not going to love a woman. I'm not going to have a, I'm not going to be, I'm, I'm going to find the man. I'm going to, he has no plan after that. My, I, I'm, it was just, it was it. He I'm didn't a, know what to do. And the saddest part is. We don't even like. We're with them. We're like, yeah. <laughs> look at that hand. How'd you make that glove? <laughs> we at the end when he fights a guy, that the bad guy, that that guy is a. I hate that he's guy. He's the worst, dude. He's like, you spent your whole life, only to fail right now. That's the saddest thing I ever heard. Like, he's and like, he's even he's sitting there and he's bleeding and he's just like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Father. I failed you. And you're just and you like, think, oh, you think he's gonna, you think he's done. You think he's, he's, and then he starts saying the line and getting the string. Oh. He's like Hulk Hogan in the '80s, dude. Picking his hand up, dropping it. Picking his hand up, dropping it. Picking it up, it stays up. Oh, and, every, and then it gets higher. Oh. <laughs> um, but uh, dude, it's it's incredible. It's incredible. And um, oh, dude, we we, but we. I still think about things. I still think about things that happened to me back in the day. And like, um, I'll think about uh, somebody that did me wrong in middle school or high school or something. Like you're talking 20 years ago, and I'll just be like, man, if I ran into that fool at the gas station today, it's like I. As far as revenge, it's like I, I don't forget. Like somebody really wronged you or hurt you or something, dude. Like you, you're with them. You're with them. You think it's you think you watch it and you think it's a noble thing. Like wow, what discipline to give him life for 25 years. What what a man to give his life to this kind of thing. But here's the reality. Once he kills him, he has no plan. And if he would have failed, his life would have no purpose. And yeah. we we know people who get so bitter. They never move on from what hurt. And things you get hurt, and if you stay in that hurt. Some people hold it their whole lives. And they're miserable. Yeah. I know guys who are dying, and they're miserable and hate everybody. And the person they really hate is themselves. But it's 
revenge is something that was introduced in our lives very early. Because when you're a kid, it's tit for tat, dude. When you're a kid, someone, I, I, I hit you, you hit it's me back. It's a checklist, yeah. It's just you, you keep it equal. You keep it equal. I owe you one. I owe you one. That's it, how we are. Head, yeah. head or gut. That's how we head are, dude. <laughs> and that's not true in life. Sometimes you take a hit and you don't get a hit and nobody back. Sometimes you take a hit and you're more of a man because you don't get one back. Revenge is hard because we we all want to do it. We all want to see the we all want someone who hurts us to pay for what they've done. And you know what? We're we're so old school. We want to take the revenge for somebody else. Yes. Somebody hurt this person because he can. I'm going to go show him what it feels like. To get that hurt. That's how we are. When I was young, I used to, when I got when I got strong finally, remember, I used to bully the bullies at school. Yeah, me too. I did that too. Like, I'm like, listen, if a, if a young if a kid that was kind of nerdy, I picked up, I go find a guy, pick down him, and I pick on him. Yeah. Which doesn't really help me. Make- Which makes you a bully. <laughs> exactly right, dude. It's just a vicious cycle. Like, I'm still a bad person. You, and you, man, that, that whole revenge thing is, it is... I didn't. The more we talk about it, the more I realize how wrong that is. But it's 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 part of our culture. It's part of us. It's part of especially since we're movie guys. Movies. The Revenge Tale is classic, dude. There's so many classic revenge films that I I, I really enjoy all of them. But it's a thing that I have to battle with my own heart because I can't be that guy. That guy could burn my life down someday. So get out of that. You know, we're all over social media. Um, you can follow us at Twitter at Red Room Theater, you know, or you can check us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Red Room Theater. And remember, Red Room Theater is spelled the European way. Um, next week in the Red Room Theater, we are watching the movie Aliens. It's uh, incredible, James Cameron. It's part two. Now, I, I tell people to get mad. Why are we reviewing? We'll talk about all that during the, the podcast. Now, we want to hear from you. So this is what I want you to do. We want to know who is your favorite space marine and why. Or aliens, who is your favorite space marine and why? My boy Reagan is going to comment on this one. I cannot wait. Because he lo- we, we were talking about this movie. Okay, so comment on our Facebook page or do a Twitter, write a, Twitter, write a tweet with the hashtag Space Marines. Want to know who your favorite space marine is from Aliens. Yep, and uh, can't wait to hear your thoughts. Maybe read a couple on, on, on air. It'll be awesome. Uh, so that's the next week. So as always, I'm Ernesto. And I'm Antonio. We'll see you next week at the Red Room Theater. Peace. My love is like a storybook story, but it's as real as the feelings I feel. My love is like a storybook story, but it's as real as the feelings I feel. It's as real as the feelings I feel. Love was stronger than the power so dark A prince could have within his keeping His spells to weave and steal a heart Within her breast but only sleeping My love is like a storybook story But it's as real as the feelings I feel 